here, hold your hand in a fist. You can feel something is happening, yeah? Tell me what that feels like. Well, I can feel tension. I can feel tension in just kind of my joints here, the yeah. squeezing, and then that goes all the way down. That goes all the way up my arm. Okay, now open it. What does that feel like? Cold. Okay, perfect. Because I literally think it's because it's it's quite chilly in this room, mm. and this creates some sort of heat and generates some sort of heat and some sort of warmth. Right. And then this feels like I don't. So if you took that out of my body, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> what happens? <laughs> so what tends to happen actually is interesting because at some point in our childhood we likely had a neutral body so i tell people we're going to take you back to where your joints were congenitally which just means when you're born so i was not gifted with a body that was going to ever perform in the cirque du soleil for example so i can do this work until i die and i'm never going to get that level of flexibility where i could ever be in the cirque du soleil but it, i had a certain amount of space in my joints when i was born and especially when you're a baby um you know you haven't stood up you don't have the forces of gravity on you but let's take you back to when you were say nine or ten so i have a ten year old and when he goes out to play, he's not strapping on a Fitbit and saying, okay, I've got to get 10,000 steps. He's not monitoring his heart rate. He's not saying, okay, we've got to get 45 minutes on the playground. <laughs> they just- be late for that meeting. <laughs> exactly. They just go and they express with their bodies. So this is what you're actually trying to do with your artists on the stage. We're just trying to be that fully expressed body big motions and natural movements. And it's pretty rare. I mean, I'm not gonna say it doesn't happen, but it's pretty rare that we're gonna find a nine or 10 year old who's like, oh, my low back, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so most of the time, what people actually feel is put back to somewhere in their history. So they, they might be six, they might be nine, they might be 12. When I started doing this work a lot, it actually really made me feel like, I don't even know how old I was, but I used to ride my like BMX bike with my George Michael cassette. <laughs> so I literally, when I think about being a kid with room in my body, the soundtrack is George Michael's, I want your sex, you know? <laughs> nice. And so we all have that in our body we all have that feeling somewhere in our past when we just were out playing with friends or we were on the playground or maybe we were riding our bike or there was something that we were doing as an activity we weren't thinking about it we weren't training to do it we weren't turning it into a profession we weren't tracking it monitoring it timing it whatever yeah. and the type a folks know exactly what i'm talking about because we do all that shit now <laughs> um and so people i actually cue people into the idea that this is what our body feels like when it's home because from that point we can come into that full expression we do move our arms we do do these activities that we love we do find our natural place where we don't have that fear of whether we are oh i didn't do my pole class or i didn't do my stretch class you just do what your body's calling you to do 
which actually is really scary for a type A person because we're like, no, three times a week I do this and two times a week I do that. But if you actually could trust your body the way that you did when you were 10, you would actually be able to self-regulate whether you needed that stretch class or whether you needed that pull class. And you could actually trust that you would get that ratio right. right. And my clients do all come to that place if they work with me for a while. Heather, I can see you're like, ooh. <laughs> Because, okay, so first of all, I haven't done, so I, I did some stuff a couple of weeks ago and I haven't done anything for two weeks. And I did all, almost no exercise through February, like ve like maybe a couple of hours in February. Me so, neither. <laughs> and, and that was because my body didn't want to and I let it do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I shut this voice off of, you know, doing yeah. that. And, and yeah. because I needed, the, it, my yeah. body didn't need to heal. I've, I've never really been, well, I was injured once in a skiing accident, but it wasn't, it, it was an accident as opposed to an, an injury yeah. from doing yeah. But I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, so I can remember being out riding my bike and stuff when I was 10, but I don't think there was ever a time after age, about age five or six, where I didn't have an organized activity. Yeah. So I figure skated, but I had lessons. Yep. I, I did gymnastics, but I had lessons. Yep. I skied, but I had, you know, so... I, I never just like went on the mountain and skied and just kind of moved and fell and played. I learned. So I was always taught perfect practice makes perfect. So yeah. I was always guided in perfect practice. And yes, that made me have progress and that made me be able to do things and have badges or medals or whatever, you know, yeah. but I never did it without some sort of structure after about the age of five or six other than you know if I was out playing with my friends I'd ride my bike and stuff but but even then I had already been put into that alignment of shoulders over hips and you know and look after your knees and so I so even when I was playing that was part of that construct that I had already been been you know learning so that's why I think I'm struggling to like imagine how your body just moves <laughs> I love this yeah, it, 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 it actually you raise a really great point because I think that we have a culture that tells parents how important sports and organized activities are. Now, I, of course, have a bias because I already explained I was the arts kid. Um, I grew up to be a plenty fine adult with plenty fine activities and accomplishments without that history of sports. Right. That's a separate issue. Um, but what I noticed is two things. Number one, as parents, and again, I'm speaking as a parent myself, I noticed when we kind of started hitting that birthday party circuit that the parents themselves weren't out there doing the activities at the birthday party. So we, we went to trampoline parks because it's cold here. And so we've got indoor trampoline parks and indoor play places and indoor all the things. And a lot of the birthday parties, especially when the kids are five, six, and seven are high activity parties because the kids have to like the parents just want the kids to get it out of them especially if they're going to get fed cake and <laughs> and pop or soda or whatever um but i noticed that the parents sat on the sidelines so number one i think that then we grow up and we don't have that model of oh mom was having fun on the yeah. trampoline mom was having a good time on the playgrounds in those indoor play places, mom was, mom was just moving her body. What the kids tend to see is mom going to the gym or mom doing aerobics in the living room or mom doing nothing. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. 
Then the second thing is, as you said, it, it is very structured and they do tend to focus on life skills or, and I put that in quotation marks. So we're building teamwork, we're building excellence, we're building progress and markers of what success is, but nowhere in there is kind of natural body movement. To your point, we actually take the fun out of it. And I know I've done that with different hobbies in my life. Um, you know, I, I will compete in my hobbies and then they're not fun. They are competitive and they are measured and, and our bodies were not meant to do that. So if you actually track back, you, you don't even have to go that far back. My grandma is 98 years old and I can tell you that she never was in an organized sport in her life. Yeah. <laughs> and to see the, to see the neighbors, she had to, you know, put on her shoes and walk a kilometer down the road to see the neighbors. Now I can just kind of lean over, grab the phone out of my pocket, text. Um, and so I think that as we have actually introduced modern conveniences into our life, it's become increasingly important for kids to be in these organized activities. My grandma never needed that. She just helped out with chores. She walked down the road. She had to ride a horse to school. And those things were just part of moving and expressing socializing and things like that so we do tend to put our kids into these activities because that's the only way to get it but it is interesting that you mentioned that because you know you'd have to go back to age four to think about moving your body in just a way that that we hadn't rigidly dictated yeah so two thoughts i have first of all i did the exact same thing to my children because type a breeds type a yeah yeah um but but I, okay so i'm so so i'm with you now so okay so go back to that time when i'm moving okay so you take me back to that time yeah i'm taking this really seriously here but i yeah, I, I, right, do. I actually don't get okay so what happens when you take that out like what do because I was never in any pain. Like I've never, other than, you know, I had a car accident, I had a skiing accident, things like that. But, but, you know, and then I, I go through my physiotherapy and exercises and stuff and, and it's fine. And I'm careful and I'm very careful. Like I really look after my neck and my shoulders. I'm incredibly vigilant about warming up and cooling down. And like some dancers who don't cool down, just saying, Ryan. <clears throat> so... <laughs> But <laughs> so I am, I am very careful to make sure that I don't have the injuries, but I am very aware that I'm holding all this emotional inflammation because it's my, my favorite phrase um, now. Uh, so, okay. So you take that out and then what does that do? Do I, am I then moving? What <laughs> result do we get from this? <laughs> Um, so when I first started, uh, when I first started incorporating these techniques into my life, I was, that was probably easily hands down the most athletically competitive I ever was. So I was, you know, high level bike training and marathon running and doing all the things. Um, you know, I, I, I of course had my VO2 max tested and they're like, oh, you're like a, you know, Team Canada level competitive athlete. And I'm like, yeah, go me. But I also was doing a lot of the stuff like you just described where I was very careful. It was a lot of planning. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of effort. And then I started, I actually started with Pilates and then added Yamana body rolling. And it was the combination of those two um, that I noticed all of a sudden, I actually, this is, this is going to sell you on it right here. I could, I could 
exert half the effort at my training and get the same result. There it is. That's see, see now I'm sold. Now I'm like, like oh well, cool. That's okay. yeah. Uh, yeah. so, and so I think I think we don't really put any sort of attention or even awareness. Um, type A people work really hard. That's what we actually relate to. We're like, oh, it's hard work. So we we enter into relationships that are hard work. We parent in a hard way. We do all the hard things because that's what feels satisfying. And so we do that with our fitness and we're not even aware of the effort that we're putting in. And we could put in half that effort and get the same result, or we could continue to put in that same effort and get double the result. Mm -hmm. And we're not even aware of it until we start to pull out some of that tension in the body. I used to do hot yoga and I actually did get injured during hot yoga because what we do in yoga and why I loved it is because you walk into that room and then, you know, the instructor has you put your hand out and then, okay, we're gonna turn the hand four degrees. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, I love this. You know, but the reality is everybody in that room has a different body. Right. There isn't kind of one system where people need to, it, it's not synchronized swimming. It's not the raw cats. We don't all need to look the same. So when I discovered yin yoga, that was actually a big tool for me to learn. It's actually what my body feels like. It doesn't matter where my hand is rotated. Um, and I can let go of some of that external, what it looks like and actually focus really on what it feels like in my body and get that result actually more deeply than by focusing on turning my hand that extra four degrees. Nice. And in the meantime, I'm just going, well, I've done that class tick. What's the next one? So yeah. And you're right. And I think it is about getting that real value out of what you're doing as opposed to just doing more. And seeing that, and that's where the disconnect is. I just, I just yeah. found it. The disconnect is that, well, that would mean, what, what would I do with the time? Yeah. You would find something amazing to do. I know. But the other thing is, it, and this is, this is why I'm, I'm kind of staying on this, even though you guys are laughing at me, just say it. Um, okay, I'm off because I relate. Like, <laughs> I know, I know. And, and Ryan knows me too well. I, the reason I'm staying on this is because I think, you know, we can still use yeah. services like yours without having to get into pain and into a dangerous place in our body first. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I do my own work to stay out of that. And I think. The words that I always use are body sustainability. So this work is really not about fitness. It's not about flexibility or cardio or strength. It's actually about sustaining your body. And what that really means is that we are trying to keep it functional and keep it out of pain. And unfortunately, the moment that most of my clients come to see me, they have already driven their own car off a cliff. It's in the water sinking, there's sharks circling. <laughs> Um, but the reality is that if we actually did this as some preventative work, it could be something that could be done in 15, 20, 30 minutes a day maximum. And we would have these amazing fully expressed bodies that feel comfortable for the rest of our life. When we actually are off the cliff in the water, we're going to have to exert a lot more effort to get there. But it's because it does have that feeling of holding space where you're like, I just feel cold. <laughs> That we actually don't feel that driven to do it. We're like, eh, I, I'd rather just do a, a pole class. And I get that. I relate to that. Um, but when I realized the, the 
what this was giving both it was giving me emotional space it was giving me a place to process things it was giving me a place where i could actually improve my athletic performance i'm like okay soul you know <laughs> Um, and it, and it changed everything about kind of how I saw my own world. Mm -hmm. So I know that this is possible for other people because I went through it myself. Yeah. You just said something there though. You just said about emotional release. Yeah. See, I, I kind of, in order to emotionally release, I'm, I'm looking at Ryan. He's like, oh, here she goes. In order to emotionally release, we have to, it has to come up, right? It has to come up. Yeah. yeah. And if we're pushing literally what i'm seeing in clients is that bodies are compressed and compression we all know what that is but you squish two things together so if you literally are living this life as i i tend to do it too we'll just book things back to back and we'll go from activity to activity and if i have like a little you know if i have a weekend off well we better sign up for a course <laughs> um but what that actually does is it, it creates that compression it's that emotional compression which means that none of that's getting processed. I talked about that bottom up process, top down process, but where does all that go? You have no space in there to process anything, feel anything. You're just sort of in this treadmill where you're trying to outrun it all. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you can do it, but it ends up taking a lot of effort too. And that's can, back to your original point. Then the people start using alcohol to numb stuff. Yeah. Take up smoking, you know, <laughs> why not? <laughs> uh, I love this. I absolutely love this. It's blown my mind. Excellent. Um, which is good because I, but I really do want, I, I do want people to hear that message about, you know, looking after yourself mm. so that you don't get to that point. Right. So you said about 15, 20 minutes. What kind of things would people do? Um, if I was just to have somebody start and they didn't need any equipment and they didn't even need instruction and they were like, okay, I just heard this podcast and I'm not, I'm not even sure about it. Um, I would do yin yoga and it's, it's not the most exciting technique in the world. So yin yoga, people hear the word yoga and they envision kind of these pretzely things. We're on the floor and you hold one posture for five minutes and the whole piece of yin yoga. It's not about what it looks like. It's about what it feels like. So we come into a posture as a teacher. I don't tell you how you spoke. You have to look because my body and my bones are different than yours. So it's all about, it's actually about fascia. So what is happening in the body in that five minutes is as you're holding that stretch after about a minute and a half, there's a substance that your body creates called hyaluronic acid. Many of us females are aware of this because it's in beauty products. It attracts and retains a thousand times its weight in water. So you're literally hydrating those tissues and creating length, which helps your bones and joints decompress. And you literally sit there and you marinate in your own sensation and you don't move. And my yin yoga teacher will... Uh, I actually ended up training with her later. We're good friends. Um, but she was like, yeah, when you first started, like you had your phone when you came into the room and you were like, I'm going to keep this. I'm going to keep this right next to me just in case. I was so terrified to sit in those five minutes of space yeah. that for me, that was like, that was it. So when I started doing my own home practice, it was 14 minutes long because that was it. I was like, for me to just have the phone away and not check 
Instagram or Facebook or text someone for 15 minutes. That was all I could actually do. I worked up to an hour practice. I teach it, but we also can learn incredible body awareness in yin, but that's actually the simplest technique to start to get into our body and feel that stretch. And it can be terrifying because people are like, what are we doing? We're just holding a stretch for five minutes. Like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's where I start people. Um, if I'm not actually personally instructing them, I just direct them off into yin yoga and you want to make sure if you're going to actually look up videos on the internet, just be aware Yin yoga is a technique um, where you don't actually need to be certified in order to teach it. So I went to the, I know it's crazy. Mm -hmm. So I trained with Paul Grilly, who is kind of known as the founder of the technique. Look for a teacher who's trained with Paul Grilly because that's kind of close to source. There have been yin classes I've personally gone to where they're doing decidedly non-yin things. So there can be quite a range in who you're getting. Right, right. You want to just make sure that you're selecting somebody who has proper training in the in the base level technique. Right. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I love this. I'm going to try this. I am. I am going to try this because cool. even it being in Shavasana just kills me. Just to lie there. That's a common experience and you're not alone in that one. So then the, the technique that I most commonly teach and I teach one-to-one -one, and I would say, so when people sign up to work with me, we always do three sessions. That's the commitment that they're making. After that, they can decide if they, they've had enough or if we're a good fit, et cetera. But it gives them a bit of time to just try it out. Because like you said, there's a lot of discomfort with a lot of elements of this. Mm -hmm. So the technique that 98% of my in-studio clients are getting is a technique called Yamana body rolling. Mm -hmm. And that's based out of New York. It uses a series of little balls. One of the reasons I love it for type A people, it hurts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's not pain just for the sake of pain, yeah. but there is a strong sensation associated with it. And it hands down, actually, I of all the techniques I have certifications and trainings all over the wall that one is absolutely the most singularly effective technique for the kinds of stuff i'm talking about uh -huh. um, however you would want to get an instructor for that and you don't need it's not like pilates where you need that one-to-one -one person all the time mm -hmm. but it isn't something where you just buy the balls and like roll around on it there's there's a decided technique along with it and there's kind of a rightness and a wrongness to it it's it's highly anatomy based um and it's a similar kind of theory although it's not fascia we're releasing compression out of the joints but doing that by getting the ball to bone level so we actually get the ball all the way through the muscle all the way through that fascia and all the way yes all the way into the bone and so my type a folks including me love that one because you there's not a single client I've ever done that with who who's like, oh, I don't know if I made a difference. <laughs> it makes a difference, but you have a sensation while you're doing it. Right, that's brilliant. And that's called Yam Body Rolling. Yeah, yeah. And it is it is brilliant. Mm -hmm. uh, there are instructors in Europe. There's also online instructors. I'm an online instructor. But one of the reasons you want that instructor is to actually, especially if we are type A, especially if we're holding all that tension, 
we need that cueing of what relaxed feels like because we often don't know. Yeah. So we need the cueing to say, here's where the ball should be, but also FYI, your quad is not relaxed right now. Can you relax that? <laughs> yeah, and that you do need guidance for those kind of things. You, you really do because you don't end up hurting yourself more. And yeah. then you mentioned Pilates quite a few times. So is Pilates, Pilates is another good way to release? Pilates is not actually a release technique. So what I do with my clients, um, so you alluded to this earlier, and I'm going to pick up that thread where when you kind of felt like you took out that wall of rigidity in your body, you were just like floppy. You had, you had nothing. And that's super common. So we start pulling out that compression, but then around your joints, your, your muscles actually aren't doing much. Um, especially because a lot of us sit at desks and we sit a lot. Um, and so your, our bodies don't really know how to navigate or what to do. And we'll often end up with kind of muscle compensations where we get sore upper backs because we have no core strength or we'll get sore lower backs because we have no core strength. So I use Pilates to then build that muscle tone back. And I like Pilates. Um, I'm kind of like a little discipline agnostic. Like if someone's like, I, I want to do strength training or I want to do pull class, I'm like, great, whatever it takes. But we need something where we can actually learn what proper muscle engagement feels like and where we can develop that strength at the joints. So where Pilates really shines is it's, it's the muscles around the joints. It's not necessarily those big ones. It's not going to be as much strength in the quads or strength in the hamstrings. It's going to be the little stabilizing muscles. And we all know Pilates does great work for the core. Most people need at least some of that. Um, and so I use that one as that balance for, okay, we've pulled all this tension out, but we have to still stand up and we have to function. And especially for type A, how do we, how do we move forward? Because I feel like I just, I don't know how to walk anymore. <laughs> um, and so I use Pilates to actually help guide what, what appropriate healthy strength that's balanced feels like. Nice. Oh, that's beautiful. Mm. So Ryan, do you want to um, do you want to ask our uh, our questions? Oh, we're doing the flip side. We're doing the flip side today. I'm excited. Uh, so in that case, I do. Yes, I do. Uh, so we have three questions we like to ask. And now these are these are. Excited, and you you don't even know. I love it. I don't even know. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> right. I'm excited. I'm happy. I'm excited. So, okay, okay. First question is, if you were to take part in an online in a in a cabaret performance today, and you had the option of having one prop, which prop would you choose and why? Ooh, I'm gonna choose a top hat. Um, ah, I yeah. like that. I think the hat can go in your head, but it also can come off your head and you can use, you right. can make large arm expressions with it. And I don't know, I just kind of even see myself, the last time we talked, Heather had on these amazing cabaret shoes and I feel like I would twirl that top hat on my shoe. Yes, yes, that works. I love that. Okay, 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 I'm excited, I'm excited. Okay, perfect. Um, Okay, so second question would be, if you had to pick a cabaret name, if you were to be announced on the stage, please welcome to the stage, the amazing, the fabulous, what would your name be? 
I don't know, but I want to put the, the word spice in there somewhere. Oh, maybe it's a mononym, just spice. <laughs> yeah. Hello, I'm spice. I like that. <laughs> That's exciting. I like that. <laughs> I've kind of actually, you know, it's funny because as a kid, my parents always called me sassy and they didn't necessarily mean that as a compliment. Right. Um, but sass my parents back um and so I, I actually then as an adult people often tell me that I'm sassy as like a compliment and so for yeah. whatever reason the cabaret version of sassy is definitely spice right oh I like that that is wonderful sassy spice okay. <laughs> or you could even be like all spice oh <laughs> every spice yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of yeah, I would have to I would have to really work with how to expand that, but yeah, I something work something them into individual like you could do seasonal spices. That's right. Yeah. So that would be it, just seasonal spices. I like that. Because spice can be like yeah, because spice is that sassy double edge. Mm -hmm. It is a yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what actually that's what I love about it because it it like think about cinnamon. It's a little bit sweet, but it's also got a little burn to it. A little kick, yeah. And you want just enough of it, not too much, but also not too little, because then you can't taste it. So right. Okay. And and now this question is uh, is an interesting one. So um this doesn't have to be the most uh the 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 grandest or most profound, but what is your favorite lesson that you have learned along the way? Ooh. <laughs> Ever? Yeah, I mean, it can be anything. So it doesn't, and again, it doesn't have to be the most profound. It's just whichever is the one that you resonate with the most. Oh. Um, I think to just keep trying. Um, I'm a super resilient person and I changed my life. Actually, I have a 10 year old and this is the longest kind of continuous space in my life I've ever really done the same thing and lived kind of the same life um so I actually I like juggling things and I like changing it up and I I like Heather I like the hard things but what I've really learned is you know the path to success is just to keep trying and I like I actually have a career that I that was something that was not naturally intuitive to me at all so I think there's a lot of value in whatever you're bad at just keep doing it as long as you care um, and, and just keep practicing, you know, especially in the arts, we talk about how people are either naturally creative or not naturally creative. Mm -hmm. We never tell people that with sports and fitness, like Heather was just talking about how the, she was put in sports and fitness at age five. So, you know, this comes to you through hours of practice. So all of us have things on a stage or in life where we feel like, oh, that's not my favorite thing, but just keep keep at it and you know that's how you get better at public speaking that's how you get better at stage presentation that's how you get more creative that's how you actually learn to fully express your body mm -hmm. just keep trying love that oh, and i believe there is one final question which heather can ask <laughs> <laughs> now you built it a lot <laughs> where can people find you Oh, that's the best question. Right. My website is mybodycouture.com. That's three separate words. My, M-Y, body, B-O-D-Y, couture, C-O-U-T-U-R-E. So that's my basic portal to all the things on the internet. But if you want to bypass that, uh, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at mybodycouture. 
Oh, thank you so much for joining us today, Janice. It's been an absolute pleasure to discuss all of the different practices that you've been through and that you're going through and that you offer to your clients. And it, yeah, it's been an incredible, uh, incredible and really informative uh, podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. It really has been a pleasure. And thank you for playing along with me because I really I understood what you were saying. I just didn't get it. And and you you were so patient and and your information and and your expertise is is so valuable. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Okay, everybody, this has been an incredible podcast, and we thank you all for listening to us and for joining us today. My name is Ryan. I'm Heather. Oh, I'm Janice. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been the Confidence to Capray podcast reminding you that it is your body, body. your world, your, world. your stage. Your <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody. Goodbye. Mwah.